0: Hey everybody, welcome to this week's roundup. No special announcements or anything, so let's jump right in. First up, the Sega Dreamcast game Death Crimson 2 just received a full English translation, and it is absolutely a complete translation. Everything from the cutscenes are subtitled to all the in-game dialogue is changed, as well as even some of the graphics that had Japanese text in it. And this is a very awesome light gun game that you can also play with just a controller if you want. But this one is different than what you might see as Death Crimson OX, which had a Western release. This version of the game is the original Japanese version, and the Western version stripped out the free-roaming story mode, which feels in control similar to resident evil style games so with this one you could uh, have the original experience but completely in english and i remember playing playing this for a little bit just to, to experience another dreamcast light gun game but without knowing what was going on i couldn't really sink into the story mode so now you have that ability if you choose to um derek's post is absolutely detailed and should be the go-to for anybody who really wants details on what this all is every single change made all of the things unlocked all of the stuff that's been tweaked uh, this is about as in-depth of a post as you could possibly get so if you are a fan of the game and you want to try it out i would strongly recommend just scrolling through this reading through to see all of the changes and all the updates and Hopefully you'll get a sense of the time that goes into a project like this. Uh, and just see if you'd like to, if this is something that you would like to use. You could use it on a CDR or through any Dreamcast optical drive emulator, of course. Uh, but... I mean, stuff like this is just so important. Derek's been at the helm of a ton of these translations, and it's just really, really awesome to see more come through, especially for unique games, which is kind of a selfish thing for me to say, but I like to experience games that you can't really experience any other way. In a Dreamcast light gun game on a VGA monitor with a light gun and a controller, that's not really something that you could experience true to the original form without the original console and controllers. So using a method like a, proper English translation to do so is probably the best way that people who don't speak Japanese could even uh, even closely experienced this game. So, um, you know, if, uh, if you'd like more info, if you want to just try it out, the patch is free. If you appreciate the work that's been done, consider going over and contributing. The link is on the very bottom of the post here, although I do suggest that any of the contributors to RetroRGB put their donation links a little higher or embedded in, just because I, I want to promote all of the awesome people who do this stuff. So, uh, you know, once again, thanks to Derek for working on these things, and check everything out right at the top of the post if you want to just jump right in, but this is definitely a post worth reading. Next, Greg from LaserBear has just released an adapter that allows you to route composite and S-Video signals to the back of the RetroTink 4K. And yes, there are already those ports in the front of the RetroTank 4K, but this is for people that want to route everything clean in the rear that don't need a VGA input, um, or for people that want to check out the beta of the enhanced S-Video mode. I'll talk about that in a second. But the adapter is about 20 bucks, and I believe Greg sold out of stock, so now it's switched over to pre-order. Mode, but it shouldn't be too long of a wait. Uh, we're still waiting for the factories to all come back on after the New Year celebrations. So uh, I don't imagine there would be a very long wait for something like this, but I think it's absolutely awesome. I have pictures of it in action. Uh, the only couple of things to note is you can use S Video and Composite, or you can leave them plugged in at the exact same time because S Video uses the color pins, and this Composite video uses H Sync as Composite. If somebody's running, say, like an Xtron crosspoint, you can't run. H sync for composite video. So you would run those at the color as well. You couldn't have them connected at the same time, but if you're using a cross point, that's not an issue anyway. Whereas for this, it is 100% safe to do so because they're completely isolated from each other. Also, if you would like to route, Your audio through that same 3.5 millimeter jack, you could just get a Y cable and some adapters. And yes, there's always a chance of adding a Y cable to introduce some kind of ground hum or some extra interference. But electrically, it's perfectly safe to try it. So if you're routing both of those signals to the back of your Tink 4K, just spend a couple bucks on a Y cable on that. Never for a video, but for audio, it should be totally fine. Even if you powered both consoles on at the same time, it's not good You're definitely going to get some crackle, but you're not going to explode your tank or your consoles like that. So I would feel comfortable using it. I would just be careful to not power on both consoles at the same time and just give it a listen. If you introduce a crackle or if you hear some kind of audio interference or a hum, then you'll have to buy an audio switch or something like that or just route the audio through the other inputs or whatever else you would like. And if not, then just use it. Know that it'll work for you. Uh, A couple other things. Um... Yes, there are composite and S-video ports in the front of the Tink 4K through behind that sliding door so it's not just sticking right out at you. It's nicely hidden behind there. There are some very creative trolls out there that thought they were so funny making a joke about a $750 scaler that doesn't have composite or S-video inputs. It does. This is for people who want to route it in the back. But also, Mike has been tweaking an experimental mode that is only routed on the board through the rear ports that could potentially get you sharper output from S video. And there's been a few pictures teased on social media. I don't think it's implemented in any beta firmwares yet. But it has the potential for people that want to get slightly better performance out of their S video cables, you would have to run it through the back. So Um, You know, trolls, I think you should just up your game a little bit. If you're going to make stuff up, you should at least try to troll for real and say a $750 scaler that you have to route it through the back to get sharper s video on the few consoles that support it. Yeah, it doesn't have as much of a ring to it. Keep trying, though. I'm sure when you talk to each other in that Discord that you're all in, you sound really cool and funny. But for everybody else that's out there, uh, if you want to route those connections through the back, definitely buy this one. Uh, It should be fairly in stock at some point soon. And if you want links to the Y cables and splitters that I use, it's all right there. But yeah, obviously I'm excited about this. I'd like to see uh, where that new S video mode goes to and how how much of an advantage it actually is. But I also just like routing stuff through the back. I just think it's kind of a cleaner look like that. So, it's up to you. You might be somebody who needs every single port on there cuz you don't have a switch. You just plug everything connected directly. That's absolutely awesome too. Maybe you need two S video inputs, one in the front, one in the back. I I don't know. It's all up to you. I love that there's choices. I love that Mike keeps adding stuff that was originally thought to be impossible. And uh, I also really appreciate people like Greg who step up to make accessories for this thing to add us these features. You know, at a small cost, but without having to do it ourselves. We don't have to wire and hand wire an adapter. We could just pick one of these up. So, yeah, definitely check out the post if you want more info. And, uh, you know, I I get a lot of shit every time I talk about the trolls. So definitely post in the comments about that. I'm totally reading all of them. Next up, Retro Gamer Store has just opened pre-orders on transparent controller shells for Super Nintendo, Super Famicom controllers. Their price is $30 plus shipping, and they're due to arrive this summer, and the colors match the exact same colors as the cases they've been making. So uh, clear transparent, smoke transparent, and purple transparent. So these would be a perfect match for whoever got those that maybe has a beat-up old controller, maybe it's yellowed or cracked or just scuffed up and gross, Uh, and it also might be a great replacement for certain third-party controllers. Basically, if you found a third-party SNES or Super Famicom controller that will fit in an original shell, then it should fit in this one as well. Uh, A lot of people were mentioning the 8-bit DOE ones, but they actually sell transparent versions of their controllers not exactly to match the consoles, but that's something that's out there if you're available, or if, if that's something that's important to you. For me personally, I'd like to see one of those higher quality usb ones with this case to match uh so that way i could have a fun controller for mister or of course just to match whatever control uh cases that i originally got so um if you want more information on these just check out the links you could uh, pre-order them directly from retro gamer store or rondo products and if you were looking for other shells um i would absolutely check out the links in this description or in the in this post that has all of the ones that Retro Game Restore was making. I've done so many videos on how awesome all of these are, including one with Russ Lyman, where we talked about painting and having different colored shells out there. But these are are really great. And as I always have to say, whenever I talk about the Retro Game Restore stuff, You get what you pay for. They're expensive, but they're not overpriced. And that's a huge difference. Overpriced is when people are, overpriced is the Eon Xbox HD adapter. That's just a scam basically, whereas these, um, retro gamer stores buying the molds for these and then having them made in small batches so they're very expensive to make which is why they have to be expensive to sell unless we were able to get 10,000 of them sold they're always going to be this expensive but the more we buy the cheaper they may eventually get so who knows um, let's give this a shot if you're interested let's see what happens but I think they're awesome, and I would love to get at least a set of purple ones to match that amazing purple Super Nintendo case I got, which I got to do a social media post on at some point because the front uh, controller ports, I believe, started to come in. Um, they just, it looks spectacular. So if you have a yellowed and cracked Super Nintendo or Super Famicom, the options out there are just endless now thanks to Retro Game Restore. Or if you have one that's mint, but you still want one of these, now you have the opportunity to sell yours to somebody who wants an original look but has a yellowed or cracked case so check out the post for more details okay this next section is not what it seems i mean it's 100 percent totally what it seems but it's more than that i just posted a video that basically is how to connect an rf only console to a retro tank but it's me i can't just do that that would fit in a youtube short I had to go deep dive and talk about all the weird use cases, talk about stuff like that RF switch. The reason it's called a switch is because it's only a switch. So many people didn't know that. And in fact, I tweeted a while back asking for some obscure RF info, and the responses to that tweet, I had to delete them because nobody knew what I was talking about. So I feel like a refresher, refresher course on RF was needed anyway for that. That switch on those little RF boxes is just a manual switch to go between the console and the antenna RF pass-through from that we all had to use back in the day. It is not the channel switch. Those are on the consoles. In my most cases so that was a uh, it was really fun to go back to RF and it was also kind of embarrassing to see how much I had forgotten about the signal in the format and so the first part of the video was either you could consider it a, a beginner's look at how to do this or a refresher course for any of us who just haven't used RF in 20 years and didn't think they cared about it and then the rest nerds out I lag test it because I had to, of course, and I lag tested both ways, so you know if you use a VCR to get composite into an RF-only TV, that's safe as well. That would also be the same for any RF modulator that you had purchased. It's not going to be any lag in there, because you're not going to put a frame buffer in something like that. But I also kind of very quickly touched upon using VHS to record your gameplay, but then when you play it back, you have to worry about time-based correction and resolution. I really just kind of did a fun RF-slash-VCR deep dive in the context of Gaming. I didn't go into that VHS capture yet, although that is definitely a project I'm still very much working on. It is just overwhelming how much you think you might know about something until you start to learn and you realize you just saw the tip of the iceberg. But I hope everybody watches this video. I had so much fun making it. It was kind of ridiculous and hopefully helpful at the same time. And I also created a new playlist on YouTube, a Getting Started series, and I ordered them in the order I think it might help for people who want to learn stuff like this. So if you know people who are trying to get into the hobby or if you yourself are just either a newcomer or you just kind of forgot because you already have a perfectly good setup. So you, why would you need to continue to learn any of this? Maybe give them a watch because I worked those are basically the culmination of the 12 years I've been working on retro RGB plus growing up using all of this stuff try to make things easier for people and try to help people understand why you would spend the money on something why you don't need to spend the money on other things etc cetera, etc cetera. so let me know what you think about this one um I just I had a lot of fun doing it and it, this is probably the most fun I've had on a video since in a long time. I mean, I loved making the Tink 4K launch video, but that was also a lot of pressure because I had to demonstrate things I'd never demoed before. Whereas this is just like a retro RGB, Bob sweet spot of ridiculousness, but also hopefully a little bit helpful. So let me know what you thought. Hopefully that'd be a good one for you. Now it's time for this week's Mr. Updates, Care of Lou from Lou's Source. As usual, I'm just gonna skim through these real quick and add my thoughts whenever I feel necessary. But if you want more details and visual examples, please check out Lou's video. First up, a bunch more fixes were made to the Saturn core, and now about 98% of the Saturn US library is playable on the core. Now, it's not perfect but playable which is a huge undertaking there's still a lot of work to be done until it's as as thorough as some of srg 320's other cores but at least you're at the point now where if you want to try a saturn game on your mister at least out of the u.s library you could probably fire it up and start playing and you know kind of at least start to have that experience but this is very very exciting because it's just i never thought i'd see the saturn on the mister Uh, The next game in the Mr. FPGA Discord challenge is Popeye, the arcade game from 1982. It's a high score challenge for the Rev-D version, and the challenge goes to February 23rd. Next, the keyboard has been implemented in the development Fujitsu FM7 computer core. The shift control graph and Kana modifier still need to be added, but code can now at least start looking at the tape drive, so that's cool for people interested in the Fujitsu FM7. Even more updates to the N64 core, so special effects and Killer Instinct Gold were fixed and some more RDP bug bug fixes that helped Carmageddon and Gauntlet. Um, A core for the Exidy Universal Game Board 2 arcade board has been released, which includes games like Targ, Spectre, Mousetrap, etc., and Hotego just released another arcade game core. It's Vendetta or Crime Fighters Two in Japan, which is part of the JT Simpson core. And if I remember correctly, Hotego showed some pretty cool posts on social media about how the sprites were working in Simpsons and how Maggie is drawn and the cutscenes. It was it was actually really interesting. I mean, I'm a nerd. I think almost all of the stuff's interesting anyway, but. I imagine most of you would as well. So definitely don't forget to support Hoteco and check out those posts if you want more info on that. Uh, But that's it for this week, a short one. So as always, thank you to Lou for keeping up on this stuff because there's no way I would be able to without him. So don't forget to subscribe to Lou on YouTube as well. Next up, the PlayStation 1 game The Legend of Dragoon is getting a PC port that they're calling the Severed Chains Project. So while the project is still early in development, they're aiming for higher quality audio, 4K resolution with upscaled pre-rendered backgrounds, 60 frame per second animations, mouse support for menus, a bunch of quality of life features like unlimited item slots, instant load times, and a modding API. And this is a game that was kind of interesting because... It was considered JRPG, but it actually was more popular in the West, This is one of those games that is like the opposite of your typical JRPG game, and I guess it got a pretty big following, so rather than have the only ways to play it be original hardware or emulation, now a team is trying to make it playable on modern hardware, which is something that's always very commendable, and I think anybody that's a fan of this game would be interested in it, so if you want more info, check out Donald's post, and of course the links to the project itself, as well as a work-in-progress port, and that looks very cool. I've never played the game before, but it certainly looks like it's coming along nicely. Next up, Lou recently posted a video that shows you how to use 86Box, which is emulation software that allows you to virtually build a retro PC for use on modern hardware. And the video was great, but it inspired me to download and try this one out, which was pretty interesting because it's not just like DOSBox. You could actually choose what CPU, what GPU you want to emulate, and it's not perfect but it's certainly a pretty good way of getting a feel for this stuff and i actually moved my pc crt monitor right next to me because i plan on hopefully later today connecting this as a secondary monitor running it in lower resolution and just running 86 box in full screen mode on that truly forcing the whole feel of retro pcs although i could never have afforded that monitor back when (laughs) back in the 90s whereas now it was basically a giveaway so That's, you know, certainly the advantage of emulating stuff is you have the ability to try stuff in a way that you could never have before. Even doing things like just swapping graphics cards by hitting a drop-down menu and selecting which one you wanted to use. But this is definitely one for either people who grew up in this era and couldn't afford any of this hardware, who just kind of wants to see how it would have felt, or for people who were born afterwards but just want to get a sense of what it was like to use some of this hardware. Of course, you're not going to have that smell of old PCs, and you're not going to have to sit there and remove and insert cards and set jumpers and uh, add stuff to the autoexec batch file so that your drivers load. All that stuff was a nightmare back in the day. If you lost your floppy disk for your modem driver, then you couldn't get online to download another one. You get to skip all of the horrible stuff that we dealt with back in the day, but I think this is a great way to go about it, and I I think this is a very cool piece of software. So definitely check out Lou's video on it, as well as the post, and I strongly recommend just giving this a try, because it was just kind of neat to piece something together like this and basically build my, one of my childhood PCs again and remember how long it took to load all of this stuff. I mean, we're all spoiled now with our basically instant loading compared to what it used to be. Anybody here remember what it was like to boot computers back in the 90s? Or is there anybody as old as I am that remembers computers before hard drives? My Tandy 1000 didn't have a hard drive. I had to boot it off a five and a quarter inch floppy. So it's, it's kind of interesting to see that, but definitely check out Lou's video. I thought this one was really awesome. Next up is an update to the Octopus Arcade Fight Stick project from TR Fight Stick. The last time I talked about it, the Indiegogo campaign had just been funded, and you were still able to pre-order it, but it was basically an overview of a very nice, high-quality-looking arcade stick that had a built-in VMU module so that you could use it with the Dreamcast and still have full functionality. Since then, they've hit a bunch of stretch goals and partnered with Brook Gaming. So not only are they able to use Brook's low-latency controller adapters, but now they've added support for a ton of different consoles. NES, SNES, PlayStation 1 and 2, PC Engine, N64 and GameCube, Uh, just a ton of different consoles and of course the Mr. Project and everything else. I don't see Genesis and Master System on here though so hopefully they add that one. I I believe that may have been an issue with another Brook controller as well but I would love to see uh, I would love to see all consoles added to this but especially one with such a cool library like the Genesis. Now, just because the Indiegogo campaign is ended doesn't mean that you can't get one. And that's one of the things I like about Indiegogo is you could still pre-order one right now for $250, about $250 depending on options, and yours will ship about the same time as everybody else's. Um, they're all slotted to ship this summer. So I think that's kind of one of the advantages of Indiegogo is if your campaign gets funded, you don't lock out sales until it's time to, to hit the market. You could still buy one. So... I think anybody who might have been interested in the octopus fight stick, but you know, we're holding off for lag test results, or we're holding off to see what consoles were compatible, now might be the time to pick one up because I think it's going to be pretty good. Um, you know, I haven't personally lag tested one, but I have lag tested a bunch of Brook adapters that were very fast. So, you know, my confidence level was pretty high with this project to begin with, and it's even higher now. So, I would say if you're looking for a very versatile fight stick that could work on almost everything. Hopefully, Genesis soon as well. Um, then I would uh, seriously consider it. At the very least, check out the Indiegogo campaign. Check out the exact link I have posted here. Not an affiliate link, but it brings you to the update first. So you could read directly from the team exactly what's been going on. And then you could just pre order right there if necessary as well. Just a heads up, those Retro Castle dual RAM cases are now available through the AliExpress store. When that video was released, I had said that pre-orders for the dual RAM versions were open at Castlemania, and then once Ivory got stock, he would list them on the AliExpress store, and that time is right now. So if you're in North America, you could still pre-order through Castlemania, and I think cases are en route to Ryan right now. Or if you're outside of North America, it just might make more sense to purchase from the AliExpress store for shipping reasons. If if that's the case just the links right in the description here retro link forward slash retro castle ali as in ali express uh click on mister when you get there and you can see them right on the page um the dual ram saturn or or vga versions are there i showed the saturn one in the video uh but the vga one i think i just had a picture of or something but they they both operate basically the same other than the the one with the Saturn mini DIN, you could also have the S video and composite integrated right in with Saturn cables, of course. And the VGA version of it is the typical, you can get component video VGA or RGBS, and then you'd need something like the HD 15 to SCART to get it over to SCART if you wanted it. But um, it, you know, if you want more info on this stuff, please check out that video that I did. Um, I probably could have spent another 20 minutes digging into the, the technical details and analysis of it. I, I just tried to make it a good overview of not only these cases, but what you would like to find in your Mr. Case if uh, analog output is important to you. If not, just get the HDMI only Retro Castle case um, dual ram compatible or single ram it's cheaper everything's right there it's, you know you don't have to worry about any of this stuff but if you do care about analog video output please check out that video oh and the i guess the interview i did with kuro as well because we go into it there too but just wanted to give everybody a heads up because a lot of people were asking about when the, they would be available on aliexpress and here you go Well, that's it for this time. As always, thanks to everybody who watches, listens, plays nicely in the comments, and especially thank you to everybody who supports in absolutely any way possible, because it really is you who's keeping all of this stuff going. So thank you all so much, and I'll see you next week. This week's roundup is brought to you by Neo Paradigm Entertainment, connecting Southeast Asian influencers with opportunities in the West.